as if we haven't just been talking for 10 minutes. <laughs> yes, yes. Hello. Oh, hello. Um, hello and welcome to Paranormal Captivity. We're working on some new microphone stuff. We don't have technology. I don't, <laughs> I don't have the correct technology. <laughs> well, we have it. We just need to get it all in the same place yeah. and working together. Yes. Also, sorry I'm sick again. I feel disgusting and I'll probably be sniffling a lot. Also, oh my god, I'm about to sneeze. Oh no. Womp womp. <laughs> well, on the bright side, can I tell you about a new patron that we have? Ooh, yes. Yeah. So, this was super fun. I got the sweetest message from Megan. Megan. Hi, Megan. Hi, Hi Megan. Megan. Um, so yeah, Megan has been a patron for about a month now and sorry, we're just now getting to your shout out. It, we recorded ahead and then I was delinquent and post for <laughs> a while, but we are back on it now. Um, so I got this really great message. I'm just going to read you the whole message because, um, she wrote in just like the sweetest little message about her pets and everything and Mom. how she met her pets. Mom. So I'm just going to read this straight out here mm-hmm. um Megan is fine because I had asked what if she had any preferences on you know nicknames or whatever um Megan is fine and I go by she her pronouns my Instagram is Bowser's the bully or Bowser the bully um which we do follow on Instagram and she does post very cute pics nice. um it's technically my dog's IG but my cat is featured in quite a few pics <laughs> um okay she has, I have one cat, Coley, C-O-A-L-I-E. She's a 14-year-old tuxedo cat that we rescued from our local shelter when she was about six. So this part, like, definitely made me cry. So get ready. <laughs> no. uh, my now husband and I went in knowing we wanted an older cat, which is already so sweet. Um, and she had been there for a year and a half already. Aww. So we asked if we could see her outside her cage. She sat on me for about five seconds before scratching my hand pretty badly. The volunteer picked her up. (laughs) This is the sad part. The volunteer picked her up and as she was walking her back to her cage said, maybe next time, Coley. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) And then she said, that was that. We adopted her the same day. (laughs) She loves us and is disinterested in slash hates everyone else, which is amazing. Uh, but I'm so happy she has accepted us as her people. Wow. She loves a good sunny spot, head scritches, and making us watch her eat, which can relate to mm-hmm. that does that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, she literally does not eat unless we are standing right next to her. I love how every cat has their own quirks, their own weird quirks. Yeah, 100%. Um, we also have a bulldog, Bowser, who Coley couldn't care less about, and a tiny human <laughs> who she tolerates, and she sometimes lets pet her which is more than we could have ever asked for, considering her contempt for other humans that are not my husband and me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I just thought that was so sweet and such a cute little cute little story. Oh, yeah. I love a good origin story. I know. Oh, my God. Speaking of which, I still have to post your, hopefully by the time I 
get this episode out in a couple <laughs> days, uh, I will also post Julia's little flashback that she sent me too to Chuni and and a little bit Ari's origin story. Yeah, Chuni's dumpster picture. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chuni's not in the dumpster. This is like a, like a Google view, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I was hanging out with my site mates from um from Peace Corps because they also live in Baltimore. And we were talking, we were playing a fun game. I don't I don't know if anyone has ever played a game like this where you like live somewhere weird and for like a long enough time that you like get to know the people, you like interact with enough people on a regular basis that you like know the the cast, if you will, of the town, but you like might not know them all by name, but like everyone knows everyone. So we oh, were playing yeah. the, the game of like, hey, remember that guy? <laughs> <laughs> and it was like a 20 questions type game. And so, you know, some of the questions were like, <laughs> were they always in this neighborhood? Were they always in that neighborhood? Like, where, <laughs> where was their shop that they hung out at? Oh. Um, so we ended up Google street viewing it to get a a better, um, remembrance, I guess, of what was in each neighborhood. And as we were doing that, I was like, oh my God, that's Judy's dumpster. (laughs) That's where I found my cat, guys. (laughs) A little trash cat. A little trash cat. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Also, Happy New Year, everyone. And, uh, welcome to 2020. And, um... Yeah. Oh, you know, we also should say, too, I do also, one of our other patrons, Vicky, who sent us the sweetest um, Christmas package, also sent in the origin story for her cat, too, as a voice memo. So I actually have been meaning to, in one of the upcoming episodes, put that in so we can hear uh, Vicky and Paco's origin story, which I'm super excited about. So, yeah, guys, if you have an origin story for your pet, definitely send it in. We'd love to hear it. And uh, we'll, we'll feature it. Yeah. Um, yeah, also welcome to 2020. Um, what else? I'm still sick. <laughs> uh-huh. Any any New Year's resolutions? Not on my end, except uh, to be more like Kesha, which I think we discussed briefly on the uh, Kitty World News, which is also out. Yep. Pertrans, you can go listen to that. Um, yeah, what about you? Um, get internet. Yeah, okay, yep, I support that. <laughs> Um, and to take a beach vacation this year, because last year I was like, I was like wanting a beach vacation so bad and I didn't go at all. And I live in Maryland. It has a coast. Like I could have so close to beaches. I could have driven. Well, I'm like close ish to beaches. Not that close. Ocean city is still like three hours away from here. Well, I mean, yeah, you're closer than. Nebraska is I am am closer than Nebraska I could like if I tried really hard I could make it a day trip (laughs) (laughs) Fair, but yeah I just yeah I just never never made it to the beach so I'm gonna take a vacation this year I'm gonna take my birthday off because I didn't take my birthday off last year yeah and I'm gonna go to the beach at some point this year do it. I think that's a great idea. Oh yeah, you kind of talked about like thinking about doing that last year. Taking my birthday off or going to the beach? <laughs> I feel <laughs> both, like both. both. I didn't do either. 
<laughs> oh no well this is the year 2020 is the year yeah this is the year well my birthday last year was like in my six months like what's that period called where you're like probation is that oh, a word that you yeah. you know where I'm, that, like I'm, review like, period yeah I like technically wasn't supposed to be taking days off or like sick days or anything like that I did but it, I didn't for my birthday mm, gotcha Oh my god, well that's actually a great segue into the book because Beach Vacation, we beach are still vacation. on Breakfast Island. Yeah, which is where I also want to be jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag jealous of Quillerin. Except not jealous because Breakfast Island sounds like kind of a hellhole right now. There's like so much shit going on. Yeah, and people are like, spoiler alert, keep dying. Spoiler um, alert. Also, it sounds like it's a bog. Did you get that? In I this, did. In yes. this section, I was like, is this a beach or is this like a swamp? <laughs> yeah. You know, it is funny. They haven't actually mentioned beaches yet. They have only mentioned water and an island. So I think we assumed. Um, well, they did kind of mention beaches in this because there was that one section where Quillerin was like, what's all that ruckus? And oh, my God, what's his name? <laughs> Who owns the hotel? Oh, uh, Don Exbridge? No, who owns the one that he... Oh, Nick. Nick, yeah. And Nick was like, oh, it's those, you know, like the families who go to this, like they're private beaches, but who can blame them? They're nice. Oh, that's right. Yeah, there was a beach. So there are, yeah, there there are like beaches, I guess, but... Eh. Yeah, there's definitely a bog for sure. (laughs) It's also getting very mysterious, like... Before, yeah. I feel like it was just Quillerin's, like, I posted a thing today. I Oh, my God, my favorite quote of all time was, uh, it was none of his business. But he thought it'd be interesting to know anyway. So I, like, <laughs> learned today that you can take quotes and they'll put them in, like, little social media, like, squares for it. Like, little images for you from Kindle, Ooh. which is super fun. So I did that today because that quote, I feel like, just encompasses all of Cozy Mysteries, but also Quillerin. Yeah, but, for sure. Yeah, it was that, I saw, like, that has been kind of from the beginning, but now it's almost getting to the point where, like, oh, no, people need to investigate now, because before it was, like, up until now, it's been very, like, kind of Quiller in style, like, he's just, his curiosity has been piqued, but at this point, it's like, well, we should investigate now. (laughs) Yeah, and we do get the uh, police chief on the island at some point. We do, yeah, I loved that. Yeah, but he's, like, on vacation. Right, he's only there for, like, hours, I think. Like, he made it sound like he wasn't even staying overnight. Oh, yeah, that's right. He and his wife took the ferry over. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay, so where do we start in this? Because I think there was some discrepancy last week, or last, yeah, last week, um, about... Where we ended? Yes. (laughs) Um, okay, so we ended when Quillerin was, I think, picking up his shirts, and the lady was like, you have a raccoon! Yes, okay. Yeah. Um, which is not correct, but Quillerin was like, yeah, sure, that's fine. You we'll can think I, I have raccoons. He did describe Coco and Yum Yum as companions, or like in companions with masks, so like, I would have thought raccoon too, it's not her fault. It was very much his fault, yes. Yeah. Um, so first thing that happened that I am very suspicious of is that, well, in the 
one of the last things that happens in the last section is that he ordered meatloaf to be delivered to his mm-hmm. house um, every every morning, I think. It was like 10 pounds of meatloaf or something like that. And he was like, space it out. I'm going to feed it to my cats. Yeah. Ne- next morning, he gets his meatloaf and he's like, mm, I think it's delicious. Cubes it up and the cats won't touch it. So I'm like, yeah. great, there's something gross happening with that meatloaf. <laughs> yeah. And it's ve- it's set up very much like like a plot line because the whole, the way it's written is like, he is in like a stalemate with the cats and he's like trying to win this war against them, even though they're just not eating and he's just being a he's just not feeding them basically because they're not eating the meatloaf um he does cave spoiler alert but it happens throughout the course of like chapters i think yeah he does eventually cave and (laughs) i liked his rationale for caving it was like it's not their fault he decided to like pre-order 10 pounds of meatloaf (laughs) i know that's true he does come to his senses a little bit he's like oh yeah he's like their fault (laughs) i I made a decision to pre-order a lot of meatloaf without knowing they would like it Which, to be fair, and makes it a little more mysterious, he does say that usually meatloaf is one of their favorite things. So that does put a little extra yeah, mystery on I, it. I, I'm not going to tell you what my theory is because it's horrifying. But... Oh, God. <laughs> is it that it's made from the stray cats on the island? Yes, I wasn't going to say it because <laughs> I, don't wanna, I don't want it to be that. <laughs> well, as soon as you said dark and I remember there were lots of stray cats on the island, I was like, that has to be it. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, let's hope not. Although, I wonder if that it, because, well, but Quillard's eaten the meatloaf, because part of my thought process, too, is like, oh, I wonder if the same thing is in the meatloaf that was in. So we also get some, uh, this is a little bit farther down the line, but I think that's okay to share now. Um, We do get some information from Derek Cuddlebrink, the spy, um, this episode, or this uh, section, and he has discovered that it wasn't necessarily just the chicken that was poisoned. Because remember previously there were um, there was a food poisoning scare where a number mm-hmm. of people got sick, and they thought it was the chicken ship like the shipment that came in from Lockmaster, uh, which is the town right next to Pickaxe. But it turns out it was only the chicken gumbo, and so it wasn't any other gumbo, and it wasn't any other chicken dish. So it was this one specific pot. So Quillerin's like, oh, that seems much more suspicious because someone could have just put something in that pot so part of me was like oh I wonder if there's something in the meatloaf that is similar to what was in the gumbo but then I think Quillerin's eaten a couple pieces of the meatloaf so maybe that doesn't hold up yeah Quillerin's definitely eaten the meatloaf but yeah I was kind of going along the lines of like we hear that these islanders are like avid hunters and rabbits are a big part of their diet but like have we seen any rabbits on the island oh that's true actually yeah but we've seen a lot of cats yeah maybe it's that like because there are so many cats the rabbit population is down I don't know yikes and a half yeah also why are there so many cats is also my question well they do kind of address that because when Mildred and Arch come over which I thought was really like a good little addition. Um, Mildred comes in and immediately is like, uh, Quillerin is asking her like what she thinks of the cats. And Mildred immediately is like, oh, I think they need, they need a trap neuter release program because that's mm-hmm. the way you keep these populations in control yeah. as opposed to the way it is where they're just kind of running rampant. Um, so that was a good, that was an interesting like addition, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um 
we do also get yeah we, uh, maybe the next chapter over we get Arch and Mildred coming in and uh, Arch doesn't suspect that Quillerin knew how much the room cost remember his little prank to be yes. like, I'm gonna make Arch pay a lot of money but Mildred <laughs> does love it like he thought she would <laughs> his prank in making his friend pay an arm and a leg for a room yeah. which is not a good prank people <laughs> no that's a terrible prank that's not I would venture not even a prank just a mean thing that he did <laughs> thing to do <laughs> coming from someone who has been poor for yes. a lot of their life <laughs> yeah yeah same um so yeah what happens like so yeah the meatloaf thing happens and then there's a lot of like again it's like always with Quillerin and his errands like I feel like one of the first I feel like one of the first things that he does is declare that he actually does have errands to do today <laughs> and so he's like I'm gonna go yeah what is it he has to go yeah no, I've I'm, forgotten all of it <laughs> I know I'm, I have to pull it up because I also forget all of it and I just read this this morning so I like... did too I just read <laughs> I it same <laughs> yeah what happened to me wasn't there a point in time when I like outlined all of these chapters <laughs> I was actually just thinking that. I was like, oh my god, remember how, remember remember how, how prepared like, I was at some point? <laughs> I know, it was like the beginning of the school year. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, jeez. Yeah, okay. Um, oh, okay, so it sounds like, no, I don't know. I have to keep scrolling. <laughs> okay, raccoons, don't like the meatloaf. Um, backpackers show up, snake fight victim airlifted from hospital. That was oh, the, yeah. the lady that Quillerin saved. She plays yeah. a prominent role in this section. She does, but right now it's just the headline. Like he, right? Isn't he just seeing the headline yeah. from the newspaper? Yeah, it is the headline. Yeah, we got a great little scene of what's going on in that family a little bit later. Yeah, so, um, Actually, the first thing is he he talks to to Derek and learns about the gumbo. Oh, so I wasn't that, too far off. No, yeah, that was that was right up front. He also learns of their plan to do like a fancy grown up trip for the island trip. The fancy, oh yeah, because like, he has that dinner with um Dwight. Yeah. And Dwight, like, starts regaling him with all of the terrible things that, um, uh, like, how hot-headed Don Exbridge of the X of XYZ Enterprises can be. Um, and then is lamenting that he has to put together this, uh, yeah, basically this, like, tourist package, right? Mm-hmm. And then Quillerin, is this also when Quillerin writes his quote-unquote parody scene that we have to read the entire thing of? And I was like, this is not funny, Quillerin. <laughs> Yeah, I th- well, yeah, I don't know where the uh, the parody scene is, but it has to do with that, because apparently Don Exbridge wants, he thinks there are too many, like, families with children on the island, so he's like, okay, we're gonna advertise, like, a special, like, all-inclusive, like, couples trip, and it's gonna be, like, white linen dinner, like, six-course meal, um, like a romantic getaway we're gonna pick them up from you know wherever they are on the mainland and bring them over and it's gonna be great but he didn't want it at the hotel he wanted it at the lighthouse which is right. like the in the middle of nowhere like super windy like no 
bathrooms or like backup plan if it rains. Right. Uh, so then, yeah, Quillerin ha- makes like a little, I guess, st- story in his head of what it would look like. He also writes a parody at some point, but I don't think it's right here. And it's also not important, I don't think. Like, I feel like it might be no. like like play like you know performed at the end as like a little joke at the end or something like that um but yeah it's basically just it, it's like a scene of someone reading a pamphlet for a vacation mm-hmm. and it's like it's a little bit funny like there are parts where like everything is like you know listed out and then everything also is like in parentheses not included not included so it has like some little bits like that but it's also like he was like, oh, I have an idea for a parody scene and then goes immediately to his typewriter. He spends so much time not writing other shit. And then this is the thing that he's like, I have to leave my routine to go write this. And I was like, oh, my God, that's not even funny. Not, I'm not going to go anywhere either. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, it's not going to go in the paper. I mean, who knows? It might be performed later, but mm. yeah. Um, we also got the triumphant entrance of June Halliburton. Yeah. Does that happen in this section? I feel like it happens pretty early, but I could be wrong. Well, the next thing that happens after his dinner with Dwight is that he gets an invitation for tea. Oh, that's right. At um, Rowena Appleheart's house. (laughs) Quite the name. Yes, indeed. Um, She is the like queen mother of the rich people (laughs) (laughs) i know she keeps being called the queen mother which i think is like tongue-in-cheek yeah yeah i don't i mean she's not a queen right (laughs) no i don't think so yeah there's no queen of the island but yeah she is the like matriarch of the the rich people family that right is i i guess basically owns the island yeah, it's hard to know. I mean, I guess maybe they own the majority of it or own, like, the... Unless the vacation plots, the, like, maybe. mansions. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, everyone is uh, is excited for Quillerin because he is given this invite and it says that he's going to be picked up by carriage mm-hmm. on a, cer- a certain time. Yeah, so he's excited for that. But that doesn't happen for, like, a little bit. And I think... The next thing we hear is the news that there has been another accident. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and this one definitely has escalated from the other incidents. So someone, well, I guess people died in the other ones too, but someone also died. Wait, did someone die? Yeah. Yeah, someone got shot. So this, uh, one of the um, Quillerin from kind of a distance sees a number of... um, like kind of like young sort of adventurous looking people come in and then I think it's them that he's later like oh it must have been that group they were um hang gliding I think off of the area around the lighthouse and yeah this guy was shot and they still they didn't say we only know from the newspaper article and from Quiller and seeing the um like medevac helicopter and the emergency vehicles driving by um but yeah, the story is kind of a weird convoluted one that this guy was in the air hang gliding and then was actually shot out of the air and he fell into the water, I think, too. Like, there are so many components to it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that makes the the fifth incident 
yeah at least the second death i believe right i think it's the third death third okay because there was the food poisoning what was next the boat explosion yeah no the the drowning the drowning and then the boat explosion right and then the stairs that's true but no one died on the stairs no one died on the stairs well no one died in the food poisoning incident either oh that's true okay so yeah it was the drowning explosion and the the shooting yeah or the hang gliding third third death but like fifth kind of unfortunate mishap to happen yeah so this especially I think kind of piques Quillard's interest and I will also say I think this is also the place where um Quillard starts really suspecting the the people who are native to the island which I think Mm -hmm. I gave Quillard too much credit last time where when he was talking with um oh no I forget her name the woman who runs the ice cream shop oh yeah her (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I also forget her name. I'll find it eventually. But um, yeah, I want to. Yeah. Oh shoot, it's on the tip of my tongue. Um, but yeah, I feel like in that conversation, like, or in the previous sections, Quillerin has been kind of more painted as like on the side of the local people, as opposed to like now all of a sudden it's switched and he's like, oh wait a minute, like they have this huge motive, and I re- he even tells Nick Bamba who has come back from his uh weekly prison job mm-hmm. um, and he tells Nick Bamba that he suspects someone like an, an, a local an island local um, is kind of perpetrating some of these if not all of these things yeah um, I mean which, he, he, spoiler alert might not be wrong I know <laughs> I was just gonna say yeah we get a little bit of hinty hints at that but yeah I mean they certainly do have a lot of motive but there's also like that environmentalist group that has a lot of motive True. like the the picketers so I feel like there are a couple of groups that are angry about the island being um developed right yeah like commercialized yeah <laughs> yeah Yes. And it's, I mean, the the descriptions of what's happening, everyone, I feel like everyone in this chapter or in this section had like a little piece of like something else that was happening to the island that was like, a, like caused by the development, but not necessarily like an immediate cause, you know, like, right. Everyone kind of had these like trickle down effects of like, oh, wouldn't it be a shame if like this kept going on and like this happened and like look at those you know like that hospital over there is gonna like one day fall off the edge of the cliff because they're like doing all this stuff and like the trees don't have roots and the ground's gonna cave and it's just like all of these things that it's like oh I mean maybe maybe it's not a bad idea to kick everyone off the island right no it did sound very doomsday and then like yeah, you're right. Everyone, it seems like everyone had a little piece of information like that that was like someone else was saying, or uh, Dwight was saying that Don Exbridge wanted to outlaw hunting, which is like one of the big ways that the local population like feeds themselves. And that's one of their big exports are rabbits. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was going to cause a stir. And then, yeah, you're right. It was like everyone had a, a little bit of like information about how it's just like uh it's like a what is it the like a hotbed for like everything like every there's every controversy that's happening of like 
anything that could happen in like a place that's growing rapidly I suppose mm-hmm. yeah it also didn't sound like things were being designed particularly well because like one of the buildings had like a flat roof for a helicopter oh, landing yeah. pad. And then it, like, didn't work out for some reason, but now the building had a flat roof, and everyone was like, well, that's, like, super dumb, because it's gonna, like, snow a shit ton here, and all the snow is gonna just, like, destroy the roof. <laughs> right, pile up. Like, you, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're still, what, what do they call it, 100 miles north of everywhere? Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there hasn't been, and that's even corroborated later when Lyle Compton comes in, who I always forget his job, but it turns out he's the superintendent of the school system in Pickaxe. He's Quillard's friend who went to Scotland with them on that the Scotland trip, and he comes over at one point with his wife where he's actually giving, like, a lecture on Scotland to some, like, vacationers or whatever, because um, they have a lecture series at this resort, which is, like, I don't really think I want a lecture series while I'm on vacation but no that sounds terrible <laughs> um but he uh yeah is saying that he uh one of the their like elementary schools I think was built by XYZ Enterprises and he was like oh I just he even makes a joke he's like I wish a tornado would just rip that up so we can just start over again with another <laughs> company because they did such a bad job oh XYZ oh man so what happens next um, well, next, Kularian, uh wakes up in the morning and has another fight with his cats over the meatloaf. Oh my gosh, so many damn fights over the meatloaf. So many fights over the meatloaf. Um, and then he is mortified when he uh, opens the door to a fully clothed June Halliburton while he is still in yep. his PJs. There it is. I'm assuming is like the old man PJ set, which is like fully covered and not embarrassing right. at all. But he no. is <laughs> mortified that he is so indecent. Right. And I think partly too because it's her and partly because he's so like wrapped up in his reputation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And also, yeah, uninterested. So um and she yeah is pretty, I will say, forward from the beginning where she's kind of mm-hmm. like Oh, come on over any time to my place, which is the cottage next to his. Uh, yeah, what else? Does she say anything else that's of interest? Um, I mean, not really. I think she was just being her forward self and Quillerin was being his normal, like, cranky old man self of, like... I'm never going to be ready for breakfast with you. So go without me. <laughs> right. Oh, that's right. Cause she invited him to breakfast and he was yeah. like, no, basically no. What he, well, he like, actually oh, said, ready. yeah, he gave a really terrible excuse, which I, cause I was like, that means you actually can't go to breakfast for a couple hours. Cause he was like, Oh, I won't be ready for a couple hours. Go without me. And I was like, no, that, what that just, I mean, I guess you could just sneak out anytime, but I was mm-hmm. like, that means you're not going to eat for a couple hours. <laughs> you yeah. to play that. <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But he does get breakfast. He does. He also tries to uh mix oysters in with the meatloaf. Oh yeah. Like, why do you have oysters just like in your place? Like, he already has cat food, it sounds like. Why did he need the meatloaf? Well yeah, that's I was actually thinking the same thing because you're right. It every time he like 
quote unquote loses the battle with him with them he already has something else to feed them so yeah it wasn't like i guess maybe he thought he, he just thought he was getting like giving them a treat and they were not yeah. appreciative wow he's trying to turn them into cannibals <laughs> oh my god he probably is Depends we find out next time yeah we we spoiler alert will not know in this section <laughs> yeah we really have so <laughs> that is it is just a theory no mm-hmm. one take it totally seriously yeah, i hope just it doesn't happen but it is we won't find out until next time nope just from the dark sides of our brain <laughs> <laughs> it's only gonna get worse not knowing and yeah. having to talk about it <laughs> it's gonna spiral um, is there, at what point do we see, because, oh, maybe it's not this morning, because this is already, like, the more, maybe it's this night, a little bit later, I feel like I keep jumping around, my brain is so sick and scattered, I'm so sorry, um, but we do also get a little funny, like, um, reveal, almost, like a little gaspy moment where Quillerin, actually, I think it is the moment where Quillerin is, you know, where that quote of, um, it wasn't his business, but he just wanted to know anyway, mm-hmm. uh, comes in because he was trying to see who the male companion was in Dude Halliburton's. Oh, ad. I think that was the night before. Was it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Because he, so one night he doesn't see the person and then the next, or is it the same night maybe? Because one night he actually sees <gasps> Derek Cuddlebrink. Derek, get out of here. Which I was like, I mean, get some, Derek. If you guys are having fun, that's great. <laughs> yeah, for some reason I was thinking June was much older. Maybe it's because she smokes. I mean, Julia, anyone can smoke nowadays. I know, but I was thinking of her as like an old crusty lady just like puffing away, you know? But I think she might be like a younger sexy lady puffing away. Yeah, I think that might be. I would think like... Great Gatsby with, like, one of those long, fancy cigarette holders, you know? Yeah. Like, that kind of style more than old lady puffing away. Yeah. But I'm still, like, I guess I'm still, like, a little bit confused about where we know her from. Because every time I think of her as young, I think of her as um, Fran. But she is not Fran. No, she's not Fran. Um, yeah, I think she's only popped up a few other places um, and hasn't been like a big part of any of the storylines. Mm-hmm. I did remember from this because we do get, because in one of the conversations that I did not appreciate, Quillerin and Dwight, the guy who works for XYZ Enterprises, are talking about like all of the eligible ladies in Pickaxe and how Dwight like hasn't had any luck with any of them. And there's just some... Some language that I'll say isn't... It's just the way they're talking about it. It's nothing, like, really big. It's just kind of, like... Yeah. A little, 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 little chauvinistic. Yeah, exactly. A lot um, a lot chauvinistic. Oh, no, yeah. my plant is dying. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. How did you... Over. I just looked over it. My, one of my poor little plants is, like, a stick. <laughs> Oh, no. I'm going to water that right now. Sorry not to interrupt, but hopefully I didn't murder that. (laughs) It wouldn't be much of a mystery if you did. (laughs) No. (laughs) I'm sorry, plant. It's all my fault. (laughs) Actually, that reminds me. There is a great um, Twitter account. I was so flattered 
that there's a Twitter account that's uh, paranormal captivity out of context. And so it just like takes quotes from us and tweets it. And one of the, a couple of them recently have been like uh, starting to say something and then being like, Oh, I think one of them must have been you because you were saying like, oh, my theory is. And then it's like, Mushu, stop that. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just great. <laughs> I would never say Mushu, stop that. <laughs> oh, no, never. <laughs> no, I say Mushu, stop that all the time because yeah. he is so loud. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. So where were we? Uh, Yeah, you can cut all that out. No one needs to know I murdered my man. (laughs) Um, Talking about (laughs) June being um, dated by... Who was it? It wasn't Don. Uh, Dwight? Dwight. Dwight. Yes, Dwight. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Dwight takes um, uh, June Halliburton out and, yeah, is talking about her and I think Quillerin so Quillerin's giving his like he's like asking Quillerin what he thinks of her mm-hmm. and that's when Quillerin is like oh I've run into her a few times so that's and he like kind of recounts a little bit of like oh she was way more into me and like seems way more into everyone I feel like I vaguely remember her now from the one the the books that are about that involve plays so like I think she was in the one about the burning um that Quillerin wrote, the play that he wrote and performed. I think she was in the Shakespeare one as well, all the way back. So I think she's just mm. popped up a few different times as like a rare, like some someone he avoids. Yeah, man, I just don't remember her as a like main obnoxious character. At yeah. least not the way she is here. Yeah, she's definitely come into her own in this <laughs> in this book. Yeah. Um, because yeah, Quillerin immediately is like, oh no, like she hits on everyone. She's also really, you know, obnoxious and says mean shit. Cause she even said something too when uh, she was at Quillerin's front door of like, oh, you should write something for me, but I can't promise that I'll use it or something like that, like in her musical performance or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we are to circle all the way back around. We are left on a little bit of a cliffhanger that Derek, we see Derek leaving June Halliburton's cottage. But then we do get a pretty decent explanation for that that I don't think Quillerin buys, but um, the next day we'll, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Who knows? Um, yeah. I don't know at what point should we say now the information that Derek gives. Yeah. Go for it. I'm not even sure I remember what it was. <laughs> so yeah the big part he has a couple different little threads so Derek comes over it's after uh, a dinner that his dinner with Dwight and Derek kind of slinks over to, to Quillerin's place and Quillerin is pretty crafty because he immediately is like oh do you have trouble finding the place to be like have you been here before like are you gonna lie because mm-hmm. he like clearly saw him the night before and uh Derek pretty quickly just as like oh no I was actually here last night at June Halliburton's I was auditioning for her she is doing a big like musical number for the hotel Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. so he pretty quickly explains it away which I think is normal and like whatever because he has also acted in other things too but I don't like where bought it and he he's been acting at um the hotel too oh that's right yeah 
they have little skits, I guess, little plays. Yeah, it's like, weird. It feels like a different time frame of vacation that I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So what else happens in Arch and Mildred come to the island, I think, about this time? They do. Oh, should we say the rest of, since we're on Derek and his revelation, should we say his other little tidbits? Yeah. So he also, so aside from the gumbo, the other thing that he has learned is that there was a, uh, with the drowning, the drowning, he has learned that um, it was the person, the man who drowned was drinking in the bar before he was drinking wine and he did have a companion with him, a woman that has not been identified yet. Dun, 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 dun. I think that's it. I think that's all he has. Quillerin hits him with like a million more questions. And he's like, oh, uh, I gotta go ask my new. He also has like a potential new love interest too, because it's this girl who worked in the kitchen and was there when the gumbo shit was going down. Mm-hmm. And so Quillerin literally like 10 things I hate about you style, like pays him money to be like, oh, take her out. Get more information. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which also throws a hitch in the Derek and June any sort of ship there yes but I'm not sure I would ship them together no it's not very exciting (laughs) no it is not very exciting it also to me feels a little bit like a river Riverdale reference here Archie and what's her name the teacher (laughs) oh yeah 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 it definitely has those vibes yeah because isn't Derek, like, he's not in high school anymore, but, like, he's still pretty yeah, high school Yeah, I Yeah, agreed. Um, but you're right. After that, um, Arch and Mildred show up. And Quillerin mm-hmm. uh, takes them out to dinner. And they pass the domino in. And apparently Mildred exclaims, that place is so ugly. <laughs> <laughs> which Which we've heard before (laughs) we have heard that refrain um yeah what else quillery just runs into a bunch of people he like runs into the mosley sisters the the little uh our favorite people the the champagne Mm -hmm. drunkards what else he does go out to dinner with arch and mildred and i don't know i think that's where we get the flashback scene and it's just like quillery and arch like hanging out in in like elementary school which is kind of cute yeah, they also have, I don't think they have gumbo there, but they did mention something about the chef from New Orleans. Oh, that's and, right. Yeah. And like the Cajun food being the best and like recommended. So I don't know if that would like circle back around to the gumbo at all or if that's going to like come back up that there's a chef from New Orleans who like, because gumbo is very like a new orleans dish so i don't know i like there's no reason to be suspicious of that chef but right yeah that was what actually one of the questions was that quillard was asking derek to get more information on the chef who he called Moose, which is not his name but he <laughs> uh, which i appreciated as a liqueur drinker yeah. um uh, but... but it could be that because there's like 
such a like famous chef with like those specialty dishes like it could have been easily recommended to like maybe it was targeting someone specific who they knew was coming for oh true yeah the gumbo yeah i don't know more theories uh that we still don't have answers to yeah more questions more More questions questions. per usual per usual uh yeah, what tales? Well, the I think the next piece of unanswered questioning that we get um, is the piece of paper with the phone number on it that Yum Yum discovers. Oh, yeah. That's also June Halliburton related. It is June Halliburton related. And it's also something that I was like, I don't think I understand why this is important. <laughs> but I know it will come back up. Yeah, well, I think it might point to, like, or I think it's supposed to make us think right now that it's maybe pointing to some kind of affair that June Halliburton might be having with one of the Apple Apple Hearts? Apple Hearts? The rich people? The rich people, yeah. So Quillerin finds, it was kind of a funny scene because it was like, Quillerin heard the telltale, like, it sounded like Yum Yum might be, like, making a specific kind of chirp or noise that he was like oh yum yum's about to dig some shit up Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. so he finds her and she's like reaching back behind the couch cushions and fishes out a piece of crumpled paper and so she's like playing with it and then quillerin grabs it and apparently they get into a little disagreement because um quillerin goes off in sulks she goes off in sulks yeah it was so funny she like meows at him and then he like makes fun of her meow back to her and she's like so indignant that she just like walks away and turns her back to him <laughs> which rightly so yes, um, indeed but so he opens the paper up and it's a phone number and it's a local phone number so he immediately blames june halliburton and is like oh i need to know where this who is on the other end of this phone number so he calls gets a busy signal goes and eats breakfast <laughs> calls again and it's the um Applehards like guards like front guard station and so Mm -hmm. he's immediately like oh why are you calling the apple hearts that's super weird Mm -hmm. Um, and then i think that's actually the same day because it's like right after that that the carriage comes to pick him up to go to the apple hearts for their Mm -hmm. like invitation thank you for saving our daughter's life (laughs) yes which is quite the scene yeah the like wispy mermaid lady yeah he keeps calling her the mermaid lady which i was totally wrong on her talk about wrong on ages i was picturing her much older because of the way he was describing like silvery hair and like she's really kind of frail but she's like 23 yeah she's very young yeah (laughs) um but yeah that's such a funny scene so the um this like really fancy carriage comes to pick him up because there's no like motor vehicles on the on the island um and of course because they're rich this like carriage is super super fancy mm-hmm. um Quillerin does take a minute to decide what to wear and he kind of in his head is like oh i wonder if they know that i'm like if they looked me up and know that i'm rich too so he plays this like weird little game with himself where he like is like i'm not gonna wear my fancy stuff i'm gonna wear my plaid <laughs> <laughs> Which sounded like kind of a weird combo because he wears a plaid shirt with like, didn't he wear like beige pants or like, like white, white pants? linen pants, something like that? Yeah. 
kind of a weird combo, but yeah, fine. but you know, to each their own. Each their own. Um. So oh my gosh, sorry, Shadow is like furiously licking my hand. <laughs> Shadow, Shadow, little guy. Um. Okay, so yeah, he they get there, um, and it's like kind of a weird scene where like people are in and out. Like he comes up and there's a brother there who's like, oh, hey, we met for a second when you were saving my sister's life, but thanks for saving her life. And then uh, the sister herself is there, Elizabeth, and she's, like, kind of frail and, like, laying down, and everyone's like, just stay laying down, but they're all outside because it's, like, tea time. And then the the mother comes out, um, who sent the invitation initially, and she apparently is this just, like, formidable type, um, like, matriarch of this family and it's pretty clear that she like really runs the show because even when Quillerin like shows interest in the carriages one of the guys is like oh you like the carriage like let me go and show you they like have to ask permission to take him to the carriage house from their mom which is weird because they're all grown-ass adults yeah it's true but that is one of the reasons why their carriages are so nice apparently one of the sons is like a carriage repairman yeah carriage repairman (laughs) yep or like restores old carriages and like makes it his hobby to you know take them apart and polish them up and re put them back together and make them all fancy and shiny so that's why they have so many fancy carriages yeah and uh Quillard does seem like genuinely interested in that and he's like oh I I should interview you for my column and the, the guy's like Hey, I would, but like our mom will not allow that. Yeah, and that was that was a crazy part where he was like, "Oh yeah, yeah. I actually, you know, like <laughs> this genuinely interesting thing that would probably paint us in like a totally relatable light." No, you absolutely cannot interview us for that. Right, and even um, the when Quillard's asking like, "Oh, how did you learn all of this?" and he's like, "Oh, one of our um, stewards who works for us taught all of us kids like." how to ride, how to hunt, how to fish, how to repair carriages, apparently. And um, Quillerin's like, oh, can I interview him? And he's like, oh, again, like, sorry, our mom is not going to let allow even that, like, an actual third-party person. So, yeah, that was that was a little, a little of a suspicious sprinkling onto the little mystery cake. Yeah. It also was not the fancy affair that Quillerin thought it was going to be like right they they had gotten rid of their peacocks (laughs) so there were no peacocks at this tea party which was a huge disappointment to him that did seem like a huge disappointment (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's mentioned like a couple of times (laughs) yeah he was like there aren't any peacocks here where are your peacocks yeah come on um yeah, but apparently the the mother had gotten rid of like a handful of things after the father died. Yeah, and it sounded like the peacocks were his, and so she was like, "Nope, no more of these," because he had passed away, and I guess she didn't want anything reminding her of him. It's kind of unclear. They didn't really give an explanation for it. No, and that kind of went hand in hand with Quillerin's like he had a little bit of like a decompress with himself later where he was like oh this family has some like weird dynamics going on and he's like oh the one son is clearly like the mom's favorite 
whereas the other three she just controls and they're kind of over it including the daughter elizabeth who like mm-hmm. has this like demonstration of like power in the end maybe there's like a weird little power struggle where she so she takes quiller into her herb garden which quiller is like much less interested in but she learns from him that he has Siamese cats. And so she's like, oh, I want to go see them. And so as he's leaving, she just like kind of out of the blue is like, well, I'm driving Quiller and home and I'm going to see his cats. <laughs> and the mom is like, no, you're not. And she's like, well, yes, I am. Um, and she's like, you're not being yourself. You're very unlike yourself. You're too weak from your, you know, snake bite. But she does it anyway, and one of the brothers intervenes and is like, God damn, just let her do it. It's fine. Yeah, right. Um, and so they do have, like, a little moment where she, Elizabeth, drives Quiller and back to the Domino Inn, and she meets the cats. And, um, yeah, what else? There was something else I feel like that was important in that little moment, but I forget. Um, yes. So she she doesn't do, like tarot cards or like future like readings or anything but she does like numerology or like something to do with like numbers and messages that she finds in numbers so Quillerin and Coco have been playing this fun domino game um where you know he puts the dominoes out and Coco picks some and he flips them over and they're usually high numbers so he was like, oh, watch this. My cat's so smart. He can pick like high numbers out of anywhere. And because Coco is Coco, he picks like all of the lowest numbers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because Clarence trying to show him off and Coco's like, absolutely not. But um, Elizabeth, like, of course, thinks it's hilarious. But then she was like, well, actually, if you add all of these numbers together, or add the numbers on each uh, piece together, you get, like, these specific numbers, which correlates to, like, these letters. And if you rearrange them, that's my middle name. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So Quillerin was like, oh, actually, that's that's kind of interesting. So he gives her, he writes out his name, Coco's name, and Yum Yum's name, and gives it to her. And she was like, oh, I'll, you know, like, go back and study these and, like, I don't know what she's going to do with them, but she does some sort of, like, name reading with, like, numbers involved. It's a little unclear, but she does, it sounds like she's going to come back with something interesting from it. I know. I can't believe I forgot that, because that was literally my favorite part of this entire book, was the cat numerology that I cannot wait to learn more about. And if we get more details on how she does it, I want to do it myself. Oh, a hundred percent. I actually was like, as soon as I read that, and I know she said she doesn't do tarot cards, but I also have this amazing tarot card cat. Like they're like Renaissance cats that Em gave me, oh. I think for my birthday last year. Yeah. And they're so good that I like need to, I need to like get more into that. Like maybe I'll post those actually. Nice. Yeah, that's another thing that I I wish I was better at or knew anything about at all. <laughs> Maybe we could do a tarot card session for Kitty World News next. Yeah, I'm not a tarot card reader, but I would let you do that. Yeah, we can learn together. Yeah. Um, okay, so cat numerology. Yes. We can't wait to learn about it. Yes. Um, and then... Yeah, so what happens is that? I mean, I feel like that's kind of winding down towards the end here. Um, I think it is. Yeah, I know he plays 
Domino's like a number of times with Coco again because he's like, okay, we're gonna like only we're not gonna look at numbers anymore. We're only gonna look at like the letter corresponding right. to like oh, right. the the tiles that you pick, and then we're gonna like make words out of these. So I don't think anything like super important comes out of that. A couple of words were repeated that I was like, that could apply to something. It was like field and like beach or I don't know let me see if I can find didn't um, we get someone's last name at one point maybe oh yeah he gets um beetles because um earlier they were talking about all of the names of the like some of the common last names of the locals on the island and mm-hmm. like Lawson was one and beetles was another one and so he gets beetles in one of the um one of the domino plays he does get a lot, you're right, he does get a lot of, like, fields and oceans and, like, different things that, like, could definitely be- mean something. Yeah, but don't necessarily, like, point to anything in yeah. particular. Oh, which actually, that leads to, I think that actually is the thing that strikes Quillerin's, um little fancy, little, in- um, like, tingling mustache, because he remembers that... Um, is it Harriet, our our friend at the um, the happy vacationer, the vacation helper? Oh, that seems right. Yeah, something like that. Um, she had been talking. She's like, you know, kind of the local, like, well, at least Quillerin's only point of reference for the like local culture on the island. Mm-hmm. And so he sees the last name Beatles and is like, oh, I should go, like, tell her my theory about I think he had like a new theory about the lighthouse murder or the lighthouse mystery yeah because there's a bog (laughs) yeah there's a bog now that that could be involved (laughs) yeah everything evolved into a bog um no apparently the island used to not be an island it used to be like completely underwater right right and uh so only the the portion of where like the lighthouse was only that was above water and so everything around it is sort of like swampy and boggy and I think they mentioned it was like peat moss maybe or like something it was something that I had like I recognize the name of it but don't actually know what it is but it's like a specific kind of bog where like people sink into it and it's like kind of quicksandy it sounds like but it like would preserve a body perfectly which I feel like is going to come back at some point <laughs> yeah that's definitely not just a throwaway fact <laughs> yeah but yeah from learning that Quillerin was like oh I want like I wonder if like the lighthouse people like if they were either like murdered and tossed out there or like wait a second maybe if they were searching for treasure like one of them wandered out there and like got himself stuck in the bog and like just sunk and got like sucked right. in and then the other two went out to look for the, the the first one or you know like one of them went out to look and then the other one went out to look and they just kind of like disappeared into the bog right <laughs> which would yeah. be a terrible way to go but it really would, yeah. <laughs> pretty it's pretty plausible <laughs> yeah like um, seems pretty pretty accurate to something that would happen yeah and one of those things of like yeah a lot of those like as fun as it is to think about all the like mysterious things that could happen it usually I feel like a lot of those things are just like really weird like unexplainable like but like explainable but like things that you don't like just like a weird freak 
you know happenstance that like yeah. then culminates in someone disappearing you know like that kind of thing right. obviously not like actual disappearances but you know those kind of like really freak things that like lighthouse disappearances things like that mm-hmm. um well either way he actually doesn't even get to tell harriet his um theory because he gets there and he like gets his chocolate banana split or whatever he gets sunday chocolate sunday um and then he has her come sit down with him and he's like about to tell her he's like got this agenda to be like oh the lighthouse but immediately she's like oh i'm so tired i don't really know you know i'm like kind of bummed and he's like oh what's going on she's like well i'm pretty tired but i also just got like some really weird news and of course he kind of prods and it's like she kind of offered to but she's pretty quickly like oh i don't know if i should say because i kind of feel like like loyal obviously to the like island locals like to my community but I also just found out she basically says I just found out that someone I know was involved in some of the incidents that have been happening dun 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 and that's kind of the cliffhanger <laughs> that is we actually get kind of a big cliffhanger <laughs> yeah that's yeah no, yeah I mean there's like a little bit more at the end of like a little bit more back and forth of like her being like I don't know should I say anything should I not say anything like everyone keeps telling me I shouldn't but I think it might be important and you know but like we don't actually hear who that person is or how they were involved right so we will we will learn that next week yes when we finish the book oh my god we're finishing the book next time yeah also I just remembered we missed something like really big <laughs> I actually just remembered something too was it Antiques by Noisette yes it is. <laughs> I just remembered that too yeah we missed, so, like a whole plot point <laughs> I know luckily it is kind of like it's not small but it is like I think easily wrap upable. um so as you all will recall there was some scandal about or some brewing scandal about this uh, French woman who's in town selling antiques. She has this little antique shop and Quiller and is kind of quickly like, you're out of place here. Everyone else is selling t-shirts and you're selling like fancy ass antiques. Um, and uh, he even buys a leather mask from her, like the um, theater masks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he like kind of, you know, plays down his interest in it and gets her to like give it to him for less. But a, a couple people have been commenting on it. Like everyone who comes into his little apartment comments on it and he lies about where he gets it every time which I find interesting yeah well I think I think it's because a lot of people have like called her out for being like a little bit misplaced and like potentially selling fake items yes and so I think he just doesn't want to admit that he bought something that is potentially fake (laughs) oh that's true that's probably it he's too prideful he's too prideful (laughs) yes but yeah, so he has been asking around about Noisettes, but yeah, he goes back to her shop to kind of like get a sense of like if she was telling the truth about her backstory, which part of her backstory was that she had a shop in West Palm Beach in Florida. And so he goes in, he's like kind of putzing around and asking about like, like sending different things. And he makes up that he has a family member in West Palm Beach. And he's like, oh, I should tell that like the, this person loves antiques. Like I should tell them to go to your your old or your other location. W- what street were you on? Or were you there on this street? Like where, what street are you on? And she kind of evades the question and is like, oh, I'm between leases right now. I don't know my new address and like blah, blah, blah. So he's like, all right, that's pretty suspicious. And yeah, like mm-hmm. everyone he talks to is like, 
yeah, I don't know about her. And doesn't someone even come out and say, like, yeah, there were other, like, I there was another shop that I'd been to like hers that was a front for something. Like, wasn't it as yeah I as think, that? Yeah, I think that was in the last section. They kind of, I can't remember, who, it might have been with Dwight, but, um, or during a dinner that Quillerin had, but someone insinuated that it could be, like, a front for, like, laundering money. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. So there's, yeah, there's that. But then, like, at some point, Quillerin asks Derek, I think, to look into, or maybe Dwight, he asks someone to look into her, um, like, the the name on her lease. Oh, right. Yeah. Because he is starting to suspect that she might be the uh, companion of the guy who was drinking that night and drown in the pool that's right because one of those nights that he's up at the bar I think it was with Mildred and Arch um they're in this like really dingy bar and um the lights are really low he can't really see but he does hear a voice of someone uh and it's about drinking and it's like oh fill us up like fill more you know give us more to drink or something something like that all of those were really lame lame lines (laughs) we're not what it is but um yeah he like hears who he thinks is potentially her. And then he kind of reveals later when he's thinking about it, like, Oh, I have a hunch. Like, I don't really know what I'm going off of here, but I have a hunch that she was the one at the bar and that she was also the one who Derek has now said there was a woman drinking with the guy who drowned. And he thinks that it's possibly Noisette. Yes. Oh, there was also even a a little blip that I think Nick uh, delivers that was just kind of a throwaway line for like a second, but um, Nick had been back. He was back finishing up his old job before he comes over to the um, to the uh, inn. Um, and so he's now at the inn for like a week, I think, taking vacation from his old job. Um, but he had been over there and he actually had gone to Lockmaster to check out the chicken that was like supposedly like part of the contaminated chicken shipment. And he also kind of confirms like, oh, we don't, I don't think it was there like for Mm. some reason it seemed like it wasn't actually contamination there and then he also says um that I don't know where he heard this he doesn't I don't know that he really says but he does say that he had heard a rumor that XYZ Enterprises was actually that the resort itself I think they were just kind of talking about all of the craziness in general and how it doesn't seem like it's doing very well or doesn't seem like it's you know whatever but that the rumor that he had heard was that um, the hotel was actually built to fail. And what he was kind of saying, like, I don't understand, like, you know, the economics of a big co- company, but like basically something about like XYZ Enterprises needed something to like, you know, write off or something, you know, related to a larger mm-hmm. business, mm-hmm. something or other. <laughs> if <laughs> that wasn't vague enough for everyone. <laughs> something, something not supposed to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the like, yeah, the general idea was that, like, maybe it was meant to fail. Mm-hmm. Interesting. 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 Potential things. Ooh, that might be. Things. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we actually got cliffhangers this time, which was nice. Yeah. And I don't think I have a theory that, like, ties everything together. Yeah, you're right. This is the time we usually throw out theories. And you're right. There are so many different plot lines right now going that like yeah I don't know that I do either yeah I feel like a lot of a lot of this is going to be 
Well, I feel like there has to be things that are going to be tied together in weird ways, but I feel like there are also going to be a couple of things that are just, like, weird coincidences that, like, they're all happening at the same time. Yeah, I think that could definitely be it, too. I do think that is there, there's got to be, there's no way that Don Exbridge and XYZ Enterprises aren't kind of the bad guy. I mean, I think they've been the bad guy for most of the books, haven't they? Right? Yeah, I think there's definitely something nefarious going on there. I think maybe we'll hear more about that rumor in the next section. Mm -hmm. But I think you're right. I think maybe kind of thrown in there, we'll hear some more from um, about the whoever this, you know, kind of local community member is who might be sabotaging something. But I feel like maybe their part might have been a smaller part. Yeah, and, like, there's definitely a lighthouse mystery component that couldn't possibly be wrapped up in the hotel stuff. Oh, I hope they solve that fucking lighthouse mystery. That's, like, the thing that I just keep thinking about. (laughs) I gotta know. We now know that bodies could be preserved in a bog, so (laughs) my my bet is that a body is going to come out of the bog. (laughs) That's true. Can you drain a bog? How do you... Debog the bog. Debody the bog. Debody the bog. Can can you like throw you know when they like throw things into the lake to like scrape the bottom? Oh right, like dredge it? Yeah, that's the word. Ooh, baby. Maybe. Can you can you dredge a bog? I don't know. Is the bog too thick to dredge? Are we I saying don't... nonsense? <laughs> I don't I don't I'm not even sure what a bog is. What is a bog? I'm actually not sure. I wonder if it just means, like, the thick, soupy nonsense that's in there. I always pictured a bog just, like, a small, like, soupy pit. Yeah, but, like, is it a small, a soupy pit, or is that a swamp? Yes, maybe it is. Is is bog (laughs) different than a swamp? (laughs) (laughs) These are things that Google could tell us, and we do not know right now. (laughs) Google, help us. Help us. Or next chapter, help us. <laughs> next chapter, help us. What's a bog? What's Is a it a bog? swamp? <laughs> Are there lots of bodies in there? Probably. Is it full of gators? I mean, potentially too. We don't know. We don't know. Oh, well, guys, thanks so much for listening. I'm going to stop inflicting my horrible, nasally nonsense on you all. Um, <laughs> And take myself away and put myself to bed. Um, but thank you yeah. so much for listening. We love you all. Um, thank you again to Megan and Coley. Um, I hope I'm saying that right. Coley. Oh, actually, you know what? We haven't done a little wrap up in a while of like find us on social media. And actually, if you guys could, um, if you have a spare minute, write us a review on iTunes because those are so nice and they help us out a lot with little little boosts here and there. I mean. Ego boost. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But also just in general with the visibility of the podcast and all of that. So yeah. Thank you so much, everyone. We love you and oh good night to my entire body. And (laughs) yeah, I'm pretty sure you were sick the last time we recorded too. So everyone's just gonna think that you're like perpetually (laughs) sick. 
I did. It's weird. I did get sick. I got better. And then I got sick again. (laughs) (laughs) Or we're just really good at recording and recorded both of these. No, no one's going to believe that. (laughs) Yeah, no one's going to believe that. But let's let's keep the lie going. (laughs) (laughs) But that being said, we are going to try to be better, guys. I know we were not very good, especially around the holiday season. But yeah, we we are terribly at the holiday season. But it was also a very short holiday and you were only home for like five days. So that's true. That is true. It's your fault. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I uh will see you guys next time. Yeah, which will be soon. Yes. Yes, it will be soon. Yes, 2020 resolutions. Yes. <laughs> it'll be soon and it'll be better audio. Maybe. Hopefully. Uh, Fingers yeah. crossed. <laughs> <laughs> if I get the technologies. <laughs> Yeah, let's uh, fingers crossed for Julia's internet. <laughs> and the interwebs. <laughs> oh, me oh my. Yeah. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>